Hey Mosaic family, it's Caitlin and Zaru here. Please join us as we reflect on the person of Jesus during this Advent season. We'll be going through some of the names of God as they are expressed in Isaiah 40, and we are excited to dive in. Hey Mosaic, it's Caitlin and Zaru. We're back with another Advent reflection on the person of Jesus. And today we'll be talking about Jesus as light of the world. Um, we hope that these conversations spark conversations in your own home about how you're reflecting on the coming King. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, I'm not used to introducing these, but here I am. Yes. I told Zaru, um, I am coming fresh off of <laughs> the <laughs> spin class of my life. Shout out to the Kanzler Y <laughs> and the over 70 uh, demographic there that really just crushes it. And I am not being, like, truly, I they're kicking my butt. Yes. Um, and also shout out to Lauren Anderson for being the best mm. spin buddy. So we are talking about Jesus as light of the world this morning. And um, I wanted to start with a little bit of scripture mm-hmm. because... Um, because that's a good place to start generally, I think. Right. Uh, but I realized um, when I was reading through John 3 a couple of days ago that I had missed a piece of Jesus talking about himself as light of the world that mm-hmm. I hadn't noticed before. Um, so I'm going to read, yeah. let's see here, John 3, and I'm going to start in verse 18. Okay. Jesus says, first of all, he introduces himself as God's son. He says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already Mm -hmm. because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and the people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does not, who does wicked things, hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Mm. And I was reading this passage um, with some of the women in Mosaic, and I had never noticed before that Jesus talks about himself as light of the world in the context of declaring his intention to Nicodemus, Mm -hmm. that he didn't come to condemn the world. That's not his purpose here, Right. right? Like, we have already condemned ourselves. Mm. We already live in darkness. We already live in sin. We've already chosen to rebel against God. Like we, yeah. that's the, that's human nature. So he actually came to rescue us out of that condemnation and he calls himself the light of the world, but he doesn't say come into the light because the light is where you do good things, mm. which I, I'm, I'm team morality. Right, I'm right, team right. good things. Yeah. We talked about this before. It's no secret. Right. Um, I love to think that I am good. Mm-hmm. But Jesus doesn't say that, that coming into the light means that you are a good person. It means that you will be exposed for what you are. Right, right. And right. that's the rescue, right? Like that is, that is what is beautiful yeah. about who Jesus is, is that everyone is seen for exactly who they are. Their works are exposed. Yeah. And so walking into the light doesn't mean I've come. And so now when you come to me, automatically you start doing good things Correct. and your sin disappears. And all of a sudden you are a completely, you do a 180. Mm-hmm. It goes, you, you get exposed for who you are and then you get a new heart. You're a new creation. Yeah. And maybe you continue to sin, right? Mm-hmm. Because we do. Right, right. But you do it in the light. 
that's good. You expose your sin. So I think, I think we like to think, I like to think, I keep saying we because I want other people to sin like I do, but <laughs> I have previously considered Jesus as light of the world in terms of light versus dark mm-hmm. or good versus evil. And if I am in Jesus, I'm on the side of light, yeah. I'm on the side of good. But actually, I was already living in darkness. And mm-hmm. Jesus as light of the world invites me to be exposed for what I am and then get to have his nature. Yeah. Like he he offers that to me. And that's the salvation. And that's the judgment. He says in verse 19, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world right. and the people still chose darkness rather than the light because their works were evil because they didn't want to be exposed. Right, right. And so coming to Jesus is willingness to be exposed. If I'm going to if I'm going to worship Jesus as light of the world, it means I have to be willing to be exposed. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to hear like have you like what your thoughts on that were? How have you experienced Jesus as light of the world? Is that new for you or what does that look like for you? Yeah, no, I think the way you articulated that was really fresh and important for us to see because the invitation, it would be really easy to make the application. Jesus is the light of the world. So we walk in light, which mm-hmm. means, ah, we're, we're killing this. Like right. we're, we're, we're doing a great job uh-huh. because bringing the light into the world, which is good. It, it usually is associated with service mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of these different things. Mm-hmm. But the way John, uh, we can get into some authorship issues here but let's just assume the writer of john and first john through third john is the same person uh-huh, okay uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. they there's a lot of similarity in themes and in first john he says light is walking in fellowship with god yes but part of that light is recognizing it says if you say you do not have sin mm-hmm. you deceive yourself and then he says Look later you jumping ahead of me to where I was you going know next. and, yeah, and then going. he says if you're faithful he's faithful and just forgive us our sins right. if we confess and then he says if you declare you are not a sinner you make christ out to be a liar mm-hmm. so sandwiched in between both of those implications mm-hmm. you're deceiving yourself and you're making christ out to be a liar with what his saving work is but if you confess you are faithful and just to for, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins um so what that means to me is like the light of jesus can sometimes be as annoying as turning on the switch in my room when it's dark uh-huh. <laughs> because it's because <laughs> what's going on in there because what's going right yeah yeah, yeah. and um it's yeah, it, it takes a little while for the eyes to adjust to everything that's going on to recognize. John one ten says, uh, he was in the world and the world was created through him and yet the world did not recognize him. That's what kind of that chapter three passage is talking about. The judgment is they didn't love him because they didn't love him because they didn't recognize him because they're yes, at, there is a place in which we need to talk about how light shapes our deeds, but not yes, without the sure. transformation of the heart, right. not without the transformation of the eyes to see within and the work that God wants to do there. So yeah, yeah, those are my thoughts. That's good. I mean, the closer you get to Jesus, the more exposed you become. Yeah. And for me, you know, I was reflecting on times in my life when I have walked in in the deepest darkness, and it's usually been when I was trying my hardest to maintain my reputation as good. Mm. Because if my reputation is as a good person, then any exposure of my sin yeah. is a threat to that. Yeah. And I'm on the defense, right? Yeah. So, you know, I love that you brought up First John because walking in the light means that I will be exposed. Yeah. It means that I admit what's going on. Right. And I think, you know, if we're able to relate to God 
as the light of the world, if we relate to Jesus in that way, it changes the way that we view other people. Yes. Because then any call for, for justice that yeah. I make or any, um, any act that I do is from a place of true freedom and, yeah. and forgiveness and love. And a call for justice is to go, I, I know that I don't get to call. I am agreeing with God's version of justice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And as a transformed person out of that freedom, I get to admit my sin, be forgiven and call other people, right. call systems into account. Yes. yes. So I'm wondering, Zeru, like what, what does it mean to you? What does it look like? Not mean to you, but what does it look like practically for you to walk in light? And how does that affect how you relate to God and to other people? Yeah. Uh, for sure, uh, that admittal part, mm -hmm. <laughs> Ad the admitting it, it's so layered, right? Because you can admit something with your words that people like, that can feel impressive enough. It's like, oh, to just articulate that out loud and to be able to hear you say that is, if not impressive, just encouraging because you're yeah. able to start to see. But then that middle also turns into a life of introspection and, and communal confession that leads to bringing yourself into what uh, the famous Nikki Norman calls confessional communities. Mm -hmm. Like where yeah. we bring those parts of us, the worst of us, and we see the worst of others. And our vision of other people is changed. Judgment is not the first thing we do, but like we accept, we hold, and then we work things out from there. Like yeah. light as a tool to just get people to get better is a really, uh, that's an inverted way of actually living in community because community hospitably says, all right, you have a seat on this couch in as much as you're honest mm -hmm. and the conditions are brought under this uh, fuel, uh, the, they're brought under this uh, precept of love, this, this idea that that's what's gonna be here. And then once you get to know people after a while, I feel like what walking in the light looks like to me is finding those spaces to with integrity and with kindness speak into people's lives and have them speak into yours. I, I was watching yesterday, uh, so December 14th at Regal Pinnacle with Hannah, me, me no via, <laughs> my girlfriend, and we was watching the first two episodes of uh, season three of The Chosen that were released. Uh -huh. And it's a really good show. I, I didn't think I was going to like it. I know. I, and I don't I know. know if I wanted to like I it. I know, it's so hard to admit that you like <laughs> yes. it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's phenomenal and there's this scene the way they t uh, depict the character of matthew the tax collector he's the one writing jesus's sermons and they kind of recap the sermon afterwards and he, jesus is like how was it they're like that's probably the best you've ever done but matthew was really taken aback by jesus's line of when you need to reconcile with your brother uh do that first before you leave your gift on the altar and that was a metaphor for a lot of our relationships. And because the way they depicted Matthew was he was uh, about to evict his parents from their house. And his dad is like, you are no longer my son. Don't call me Abba. Call me by my first name because you have no thing with me. So he goes, there's a scene where after Matthew listens to that sermon, sorry, I'm spoiling a scene, but I'm not spoiling that. Episode. Spoiler alert. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he knocks the door and sees his dad and calls him by his first name. And his dad says, son, because they both heard the same sermon of yeah. Jesus's call to see like worship 
starts from this transformed experience of our reconciliation to one another. And they were able to talk about, he's like, dad, I extorted you. I extorted my fellow Jewish kin. I moved them out of their houses because I was concerned about a successful future future for myself. And I wasn't thinking about y'all. And his dad was like, yeah, I lost my job. Me and your mother lost our reputations, but um, I should have never abandoned you or cast you out. And that was in response to Jesus's words. It was in response to how their hearts were tugged and pulled by his message because what he was calling them to something was very radical, but very simple the ability to say that light is I've, I've, I've hurt you. Mm -hmm. I've wronged you. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I invite you, I invite you in. And that's like what Jesus is doing. Like that invitation of saying, this is the judgment. The light has come, but you've rejected it. But if we respond to that judgment and turn it into something that's really good. And we're like, Hey, no, this light hurts but I'm going to walk into it. Right. That's the approbation. That's right. like this right. sense of approval and not Jesus applauding us, but applauding us, but saying, no, yeah, this is, this is where you can thrive yeah. and enjoy life and to step into some pretty amazing things. So that's what I think light is. That picture is what I want my life to look like specifically relationally with others and with God saying, receiving his hospitable, but also um, very uh, sometimes petrifying rebukes of my life and saying, Hey, this is exposing, but you need it. And you can celebrate some enjoyable relational things after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, there's a real humility required to relate yes. to Jesus as light of the world. Or there's not. Mm -hmm. Or I can skip that step and decide that, you know, the call of walking in the light means that I wield light like in interrogation mm. to point out other people's sin or to call out others for how they're walking. But I think to be exposed, I mean, I think we've all experienced a situation, mm. you know, you're so afraid to tell someone yeah. what you've done. And we've experienced, I think all of us have experienced, hopefully all of us have experienced the compassion and graciousness of confession to a safe person yeah. who understands forgiveness and has mm -hmm. offered a space for that to be, for my sin to be known and be held accountable, but also to be offered forgiveness. Right, right. And then we've all experienced the opposite, right? The the experience of being exposed and, um, and being left in our own shame. Right. And shame, I think, drives us to darkness. Correct. And Jesus said, there's no, I despise the shame. Like, there's no shame here. Those who look to the father, their faces will never be covered in shame. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's, um, I think there's a lot to be, there's a lot that will transform us if we're to walk in humility and come near to Jesus. Yeah. Um, what are the places in our community, in our city that you feel like could use some light? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Um, where where could the light of Jesus where where is it where is it needed? Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like there's a lot of places that are just like popping up in my mind right now. Um, but I'm I'm a, I'm gonna speak first uh, personally to me, like in, in interpersonally, with like some 
relationships in home, like within the church, but also like light. You want to, you want to consider a city, uh, Knoxville. We have multiple, multiple, uh, neighborhoods that are like, um, inhabited with like immigrants you know what i'm saying yeah that have come uh yes with the desire for a better life uh with the hope for future their future generations to not go through some tragic things they went through whether that was religious persecution or um political upheaval Mm -hmm. in a place and the type of light they need is just the rest of a community like that that welcomes them and sees them, them and embraces them yeah. with 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 hospitality the whether that's yeah. if what with whatever abilities we have i think that type of light looks like hey um here are some homes kind of like what bridge is doing you mm-hmm. know what i mean the refugee services or what um other places like uh knox kin knoxville international um network and you're providing spaces for people to live in order that they can actually have community in their homes to receive as well. Yeah. Because it's not just them receiving from us when we help them with their service, but light looks like getting to know each other, but being able to establish some of those places himself are crucial um, to doing that, I think. How about you? What, what what do you think? Yeah, I think I like that you said I'm going to speak to my to my own self interpersonally first. I think that's the order, right? We just talked about that. That's the order of allowing, allowing ourselves to come into the light. And then in that transformation process, when I admit that I, I don't get it right and I don't get to, I don't corner the market on goodness. Then that fruit starts to be born in me. And so I can look around and go, okay, Jesus, you're doing this inside me. And then also you call me to bring that light to other spaces in my community. Um, I think just, so acutely I think of the public school system Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in general um but we live in Knoxville so in this city specifically um as someone who's worked in the public school system and who a lot of our church family members also work in the public school system there is just a heaviness and a weightiness and a darkness that seems to have overtaken school like you walk in and you feel it and i i don't know exactly what that is but i feel like kids are just you know we've we've been through these years with the pandemic we've it almost feels like um there are political wars that are playing out and school is the battlefield right right? politicians are just using children and and you know the school system and and the education system in general as their pawn, um, which is evil. Uh, And I just think they are desperate. Like Mm. school kids, teachers, people who staff schools are desperate for the light of Jesus. Um, And I just think in our prayer life as a church and also in practical ways, like how be thinking about how can we be agents of light in our community specifically in the school system, because it's desperate. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's just desperate. Absolutely. And something I want to say about that, sorry to interrupt. It's no, um, it. when you think about the partnerships 
Christians can have in relation to being agents of change. I think one of the things we get hung up on is are all of the leaders of our partnerships Christians, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes mm -hmm. can make it tough for what we're doing, especially like with this public school conversation. Right. You might be working to be agents of light and change with people you might not fully agree with. But I think about Jesus when he talks about his disciples, like there's these people healing demons and they're like, no, no, they're not following you. And he's like, they're healing folks you know what i mean <laughs> right, like right right um like let's let's celebrate the good that light is actually doing because this first part of the conversation we had is light's ability to expose but light also creates uh circumstances in which we can celebrate yes. true hope and relief and flourishing mm -hmm. for people especially our kids you know what i mean and so yeah the the political culture wars around school we could for sure get into that but i think some of that is to actually do that well. Mm -hmm. We got to be willing to listen to voices that are going to challenge the ways we think we could reach out mm -hmm. to the public school system. Hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's part of what I think light does too. And realizing we're not all good, right. and it's also realizing not everyone else is all bad just because they uh, haven't said the sinner's prayer, or <laughs> or or they, they they might not have actually received salvation in Jesus. But that's also like where interpersonal relationships are formed too. You know what I mean? The systemic and personal are often very tied together if you're doing the work to uh, establish it. And you see like breakthrough, uh, right? One, one bundle of sticks at a time. It's like, we're not going to have all of the logs that create the massive fire, mm -hmm. but we, we can slowly come into these places and not use kids in order to score like points for how we want our city to look like or and and actually take care of the teachers who need the resources to care for the children well and so yeah yeah that that just reminded me partnership is a huge way for light partnership is a huge way for light to actually break into those yeah to do the work we want and when we're walking in the light and submitting to the process of being exposed and then forgiven yeah right? yes like if if that is what i am if that is how I am held account in my own personal life and among the body of believers, you know, to be to be spoken truth to and then to be offered the grace of Jesus yeah. over and over and over again. And as that forms me, hopefully I get to offer that to other people where it's mm, an invitation to go. Right. You don't have to get right before you come into community with me. Yes, that's, that's There's exactly There's no barrier. Right. Like this is where the light lives. So as you get closer, I'm going to speak the truth to right. you because that's, what is right, Yeah, <laughs> but I can do it in a way that goes, yeah, me too. Like I like, come right. on in. Right. And I think when we get, we get, we get hung up. I get hung up of like, like you said, is the leader of this organization, are they going to uphold my Christian values? Right. Maybe, maybe not, but I, Jesus found himself compelling enough right. to just be with people. Right. And as they got closer to him, they became exposed and then he offered them life. Yes. And so we get to offer that too. And I think if, if we're not, if we're not in those spaces, we're not, we have nothing to offer. Yeah. You yeah, gotta yeah. get in there. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I think of the school system, I think of, you know, people who are working in corporate spaces, telling the truth, mm -hmm. like that's super simple, but, and I don't mean even necessarily, although this is fine. I don't even necessarily mean I'm going to speak truth to power and take over the mantle. I just mean like, practicing not being manipulative yeah. or even not being trodden upon for the sake of keeping the peace, like just being a person of truth. Yeah. 
So when others get closer to you, they see that you are willing to be exposed, they get exposed, and then the offering when they are exposed is grace mm. and is forgiveness. And I think, I mean, that's, that's it's modeling what Jesus did. You know, and it, it doesn't mean that I get to stay the same. Yes. Yes. It doesn't mean that my sin right. doesn't get to call out. It's actually, we talked about the process of Shalom being violent. I think coming closer to Jesus and being exposed is painful. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. should be. Right, right. I should be changing. Right. That stuff should be burning off as yes. I get closer. Exactly. Right. And then I get to offer that to other people. And actually it's, it's beautiful because Jesus is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. he really is. So as I get closer to him, that pain is leading me towards goodness. And ultimately, like, I believe that Jesus will expose all the evil things done in the dark and will turn them over. Right. He will. Right. And so I have that hope as I walk into dark spaces. Mm, that's so good. I I I love that. Yeah. I, I think we should end there because there that's 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 a good word uh, to just sit with and to embrace and celebrate the work that Jesus has done and still will accomplish, mm -hmm. even though it seems pretty uh, helpless sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the hope of Advent, Advent right. right? We get to practice it now. We get to bring light now. And the darkness can feel crushing and yeah. overwhelming, both my own darkness and the darkness of the world. But Jesus has already overcome the darkness in me. Right. He is overcoming the darkness in the world and he will do it completely. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And I kind of lied. I do want to say one last thing in light of that. Always. Uh, <laughs> always. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think of what the Hebrew author says and what Paul repeats. And as he's interpreting this in light of Jesus's messianic ministry, everyone who trusts in him will not be put to shame. Mm -hmm. Uh, the light of Jesus, it can feel like a motivator to walk into shame, but mm -hmm. that grace you've been talking about this whole conversation is yeah. super important to recognize. It, it vanishes it, the shame. Yeah, it, it yeah. vanishes the shame, even though it invites you into pretty um, hard realities mm -hmm. of confrontation. Uh, but that it's coming from a place of deep love and care and belief yeah. that your light can, your life can be one of light and joy to others. Mm -hmm in our community like yeah. you can actually become a transformed person amen and jesus uh he actually believes we can yeah uh, he offers it he offers it's it. why he's here exactly yeah. so yeah amen amen yeah we love y'all happy advent <laughs>